This is the Missio Savannah podcast, where we share about what God is doing in Savannah through mission and the testimony of Savannians. In this episode of the Missio Savannah podcast, Brian Flood from Hope Academy talks about the opportunities for Savannians to welcome refugees at this time. All right, Brian Flood, welcome to the Missio Savannah podcast. Thanks for having me, Brian. So, since we're both Brian's, hopefully people can tell our voices apart. Hopefully, but, uh, that, that, that should be helpful. Um. <laughs> so, Brian Flood, tell, yes. tell the listeners out there a little bit about what you do here in Savannah. Sure. So, what we do here in Savannah is... We work in conjunction with uh, the resettlement agency locally, and we work as kind of a community um, liaison to connect churches and people that want to serve um, resettled people here in Savannah. And we work, again, in conjunction with the resettlement agency, which is um, in Spiritus locally. Um, we are not affiliated with them directly, so it gives us a certain amount of flexibility um, to be able to serve people in different ways. Now, your your we is is that is that Hope Academy? What is what is the we called at this? Point? So the we is so our outreach is called uh, Hope Academy. We have a uh, a team currently of about um, nine. Uh, people that work with us in a um, in a uh, employment status, um, but we work with up to a hundred volunteers. Um, Hope Academy, our primary outreach is called the Women's English Club, and that meets on Friday afternoons. Um, and that is a place for women and children, women and, and during the school year, non-school age children to come. The women do learn English. Um, we teach from a perspective of um, reaching citizenship. So a lot of our material is based on what helps people best for the citizenship test down the road. Um, often we'll pull things directly off the USCIS website um, for uh there's a, a quiz that that people need to take. But currently what we're focusing on is telling your story, which is the primary um, aspect of the citizenship test is uh, why a, a you want to be American. <laughs> well, yeah, why you want to be American. But tell me what brought you here. Tell me um, about yourself. Tell me about your family. Um, most people don't know this, but the citizenship test begins the moment you greet the test giver. Um, and it's all about the conversation that happens um, from that point on. And we will help um, additionally or, or in a conjunction to that because we are all about making community, making relationships. We'll work with um, people in their homes, uh, especially during COVID. Of course, large group gatherings were not uh, always the wisest thing to do. And so um, we would bring our help and our volunteers into homes, into smaller settings where people would felt comfortable within a single family group. Okay. So 
when you say Inspiritus, what is that? Okay, so Inspiritus is one of, uh, I believe, seven um, resettlement agencies that contract with the U.S. government, the U.S. State Department, to aid in the resettlement of individuals through the resettlement process. Now, I said resettlement like a thousand times because there is actually a legal terminology about somebody who is resettled because there's a lot of confusion that goes around refugees, um, uh, immigrant, um, a lot of these terms that um, while not right. necessarily consequences in international law and different. Exactly. There, there's, there's a lot of things where those, those words become um, kind of synonymous. They're, they're, they mean the same thing when they truly are not uh, the same. Uh, and specifically for resettlement, um, the U S uh, will resettle people. That means they've gone through a, an extensive background check and, um, uh, several interviews of individual family members, um, where they're coming from, why they need resettlement. And when, by the time they reach us here, they are, anybody who is being resettled is on a path to citizenship. They will arrive at least with a social security number. They will often arrive with a green card already, depending on what, uh, program they have come in uh, under, and then they have a certain amount of assistance through these government programs for a certain amount of time. Um, they are not fully supported by the government for the time that they are here. And all of them, anybody who is resettled is coming through a fully legal process. Okay. So that's a lot of, you know, to address concerns people have. We have a lot yes. of I heard a border wall political radio radio ad, someone standing at the border on the way in. So I know we have a lot of sensitivity about those issues. Absolutely. But I, I guess what I'm so what I'm curious about is we are staying we're right here in October of 2021. And I guess we're about a month out from everything that happened in Afghanistan or when it became a flashpoint when everybody sure. was watching it on television. Um what is the situation right now on the ground in Savannah in terms of uh, folks that are seeking paths to citizenship, um, re- people in the resettlement process? What kind of numbers do we have and how have those numbers or demographics changed over the last month? So I'm, I'm not going to um, – I'm going to put a, out a quick disclaimer. I am not the expert on the numbers. Um, however, what I will say is what, um, I, I have been part of several, um, several phone calls with, um, uh, Inspiritus and we have a good idea of what we can be seeing. They, they've given numbers. Um, and, um, so I, I want to delineate a little bit here. There is what Inspiritus is doing, and I encourage everybody that hears me, I'm going to give you the information that I have. But if there's any question about that, please reach out to Inspiritus. They're going to be the experts on this. Um, there's also going to be people that are coming through regular immigration process. So we have family members that have been here that are fully 
uh, citizens, and they're able to sponsor family to come over as regular immigrants. Obviously, the events that we've seen recently um, in September, that was extraordinary. Um, Our team does refer to it as the fall of Afghanistan. Um, And in that case, what what we are seeing now is um, as long as people can get out of Afghanistan, they have an ability to get from wherever they are to the United States through a process. One of those processes is resettlement. And that's where um, Inspiritus and the other resettlement agencies come in. That's also the only source of numbers that we have. Now, the reason why I'm saying that is it could be more, it could be less. Um, It has very rarely ever been perfectly accurate. (laughs) So, so uh, when 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 we talk about this, um, it, it I, I want to say this is with a grain of salt, with a lot of caveats. Your delineation is is has been well stated and is mm-hmm. it is noted for the record, sir. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. I, I I guess you know, and, and and really just to say, give us a number. That's not necessarily. I guess what I really want to get a sense of is, you know, in sort of proportion. Like, what's the expectation mm-hmm. as to as to what you were looking at before? You know, has the need doubled? Is the need tripling? Do we expect it to 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 hit us in waves over the next eight months, two years? How do yeah, we? That's that 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 actually, I, I think that is probably the best question, Brian. Okay. Um, the answer is so. This is the numbers. Um, and Spiritus is expecting to resettle fifty individuals in Savannah. Fifty individuals does not sound like a large amount because it's not. But that's between. September and the end of this year. So 50 individuals within the next four months, give or take. Um, After that, there's an expectation that in 2022, they're going to be resettling somewhere in Savannah, somewhere between 150 and 200 individuals. That is about online with um, exactly where resettlement has been at its high water mark in Savannah. Um, in addition to those individuals, we can expect to see a lot more people coming in through other resettlement processes. So once somebody is resettled in the U.S. and they have gone through the process and they are here, they are allowed to move just like anybody else in the United States. So what that means is we see a lot of people coming to Savannah because it's more attractive in other ways. Um, Not the smallest of which is uh, availability to jobs, but the big one that people come for, and, and, and this is where we really want to talk about what our opportunity is, is for relationship. They have a community and that community is supported both from internally, meaning in our case, the Afghan community, Um, But also externally, they have a lot of uh, resources, uh, relational resources outside of that among Americans, the people of uh, the the broader church community. And that's where we, that's where our team really interacts. Okay. So we, it sounds to me like we can expect over the next year, the, 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 the need will be somewhat around double to triple what it normally is, depending on 
you know, how things shake out. And uh, I guess in terms of capacity, is this about, is it a matter of housing or something like that? What do they, where do they find? Yeah. So so where do they find the places? Yeah. Right. So how does, how does this actually work? Right. So um, it's, so the way that in Spiritus, how the resettlement process, how, how, where those numbers come from, <laughs> um, come from a multitude of factors. Um, housing, of course, is one of them. Availability to jobs is another. Availability to public transport, which Savannah is not well known for. Um, all of those factors are figured into a algorithm of sorts and numbers are set to, to, put that in perspective, the Atlanta area, just through Inspiritus, um, while we'll be receiving 50 individuals, the Atlanta area will be receiving 150 individuals in the next four months. Um, and, uh, well, that's threefold what we, what we have, but I guess in terms of MSA, Atlanta is, is has the capacity 13 or 14 times as big. So there you go. Exactly. So getting a pretty big, you know, proportional hit and I I wouldn't say hit, but influx or whatever. Correct. Yeah. We will, we will, we will proportionally. And and that's, that, that's very correct. Proportionally, we will be receiving quite a few. Um, You also asked the question about what's the need compared to in the past. Um, one of the things that is being worked through um, on on a governmental level is the large amount of people that have come over ahead of the resettlement process. So as people were evacuated, as they could be evacuated out of Afghanistan, um, they were placed in um, military bases around the U.S. and to to at that point, once they're in the military base, to work through their resettlement process. So they're going through background checks. Um, not a lot has been said about the people that won't make it through that process, um, because of course that is that is a possibility that somebody might not make it through the background checks um, for whatever reason. But the people that do will then follow the regular resettlement process. So I think we can, based on that, Again, because nobody's actually entered the resettlement pipeline, for for lack of a better term, there is no there is no cap of number that has been given to anybody that I've heard um, for the amount of people that will be coming into the Savannah area over the next couple of years. I would say fairly um, what you said um, uh, two to three times the what we've seen perhaps in the past several years. Okay. So it, I'm just curious, do they put uh, hope Academy in their computer uh, uh, algorithm, their, their algorithm there when they figure out how good Savannah is, are you part of the equation there? Or is that, just- we have found out that yes, as a matter of fact of this past year, we have become part of the made equation the algorithm. Well, congratulations. Yeah, we, we've made it. We are now part of the governmental algorithm. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that actual thought. Um, I'm, I am partially convinced that we may have our own satellite imagery at this point, but I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> so did we see this, we see this need that's coming. It, it, we, we've all, you've always had the need and you've been addressing and staying busy with your, your nine people or whoever you've got working there on, mm-hmm. on the current need that's there. COVID has disrupted things obviously, but now you know, this is coming around the track as you, 
I guess as you look to this future need, how are you gearing up at Hope Academy to 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 be able to, you know, not I wouldn't say take this on, but I guess embrace these opportunities and and to be, you know, to be an agency that is able to step up to this challenge. So we're doing a lot of things. Um, I would say that there is I mean, we're doing a lot of things and, and in a lot of ways, we're not changing anything. <laughs> we do. Um, we have welcomed more team members in. Um, that was in process prior to uh, Afghanistan falling. We are we continue to um, recruit and work with volunteers that are that are um, people that feel that led to engage uh, this this population. Um, we are now um, in response to that. We are working directly with families because I will say that um, uh, none that th- we don't have any of our families that aren't directly affected, as you can imagine, by this. Um, there, as a matter of fact, of the thousands of people that were evacuated, there are many thousands more that have not made it out, and so our focus. Because we're we are not the resettlement agency, we are not the U.S. government. I yeah, shouldn't um, have said the word agency. What what do you? No, no, no. I, I know what you meant. Call yourself. Our our uh, yeah. I, I agency is probably just as good a <laughs> word as anything. Um, our group, uh, <laughs> the people, okay. you know, our our our, our little community here. Um, uh, that because we're not those things, uh, we let people that know better and do better jobs at that to continue to, to know and do their jobs better than we will. And our response is to how can we welcome well? So our, where we are at is um, we don't provide monetary support. Um, we don't provide um, uh, connections to jobs or um, places to live. That's what the resettlement agency does. What we do is after those things have been done, we help somebody feel like they're at home because that's that's something that people don't quite understand. There's the emergency need, you know, the, 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 the critical need, and that's what the resettlement agencies do. That's what the U.S. government helps with. And then there is the chronic or the long-term. People are being asked to change the way they live. They are no longer in Afghanistan, and they bring – their customs and their uh, everything that they have with them. And while there's a certain amount that they do need to uh, change, you know, the, the some of it's good, some of it's not. I'm not going to say culture. My, my personal opinion is that culture is something that was made by God and it was uh, skewed by man. And a lot of what they bring is beautiful and wonderful and amazing. Um, and they have to learn how to acclimatize to ours, which is very different in a lot of ways. And, and so, so what, what gets, what gets changed, what new has to be learned, what can be, what of home can be made new here? Um, that's what we help people walk through because, um, anybody who has done, um, uh, remote learning. Uh, a lot of our community has had to work through that. Imagine doing that 
and not being able to speak the language, not understanding government process. Those are the things that we aid with. Not that we know all the answers, but we sit with people, us and our, and our volunteers, we sit with people and work through it. It's not about the thing. It's about the time we spend. Okay. So I, that makes a lot of sense in terms of, in terms of what your activities are on the ground. Um, how do, how do people that aren't among your current nine or whatever that group is going to expand to be, if there are people that want to plug in, uh, with, with Hope Academy and help you as this need is here and is expanding, how do people help Hope Academy and its mission? Okay. So there's a number of different ways. Um, certainly we need, uh, help on Fridays, but it's called the women's English club. I will say that that is as exclusive as it sounds. We need female volunteers primarily that are available from 12 to two or really about 11 to three on Friday afternoons. It is the single most difficult time to get people to do things in the middle of the day. Um, but this is for the benefit of our students, not necessarily for the convenience of our volunteers. So that's one way. And um, another way is to um, be available for special activities. We help people move. We um, welcome folks in um, other ways like um, birthday parties or um, an ability to have a, um, a community get together. Um, do you teach, uh, do you teach football or baseball to, uh, <laughs> men? man, uh, not yet is the answer, Brian. Um, not yet. Um, I have had to relearn soccer. Um, I've, I've played, um, uh, turns out that the last time I played soccer, like regularly, most of our guys had not been born yet. And so you can imagine how, uh, that works out for me. Um, <laughs> But luckily, I have brought on several younger uh, team members, and they are now able to engage in that. Every way time I play soccer, I just hope I come out the other side without a catastrophic injury. And yeah. So yeah. So I, a a friendly. This is this is this is a, a good example of of our community. Anyway, um, before I go on to that story, real quick, anybody who's interested in helping us just needs to email us at hope academy savannah at gmail and one of our staff members will reach out to you on, on next steps, which would include um, a orientation on uh, exactly more information about what our organization is and how we do things, as well as uh, different ways to engage. Hope but, Academy being uh, Savannah being all one word. The, yes. Uh, yeah. All, all lowercase, all one word. No space. Funny, yes, right? exactly. Hope right Academy up. Savannah at gmail.com. Perfect. Uh, so here's the story with soccer. Um, my friends who love me very much, um, there is a very interesting um, aspect of uh, Near East and Middle Eastern culture. Um, they love me very much and think it's the funniest thing in the world to see how close to uh, killing me they can get, <laughs> especially when it comes to soccer. And I'll run for as many seconds as that will last. And... And then they say, okay, Brian, you can just, you just be the, the, the goalie for us. And I'm like, that's okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
And as I'm huffing and puffing and, and sweating profusely, because this is Savannah and I'm actually from uh, the Northeast, so anything above uh, 72 degrees is considered hot by my body. And so I'm sweating profusely and they look, uh, you okay, Brian? You okay? You okay, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. This is just, this is just how I am. And he goes, and they're like, it's okay. If you fall down, you still cover most of the goal. I was like, all right, hey. Thanks very much. Yeah, the old fat goalie theory in the NHL. I think there's always you know that's that's how it works exactly. They always thought they could get like a sumo wrestler in the goalie, but See? It never quite worked. Unlike the, I guess the little guy in base. The there was the 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 person I forget his name Eddie or something. He was what three feet tall. Something like that. He was Vic Vec or somebody. The guy that used to own the Athletics put him in there to bat, and he walked. I think it's only at bat. Oh yeah, because yeah. there he had a he had a you know, an eight inch. Very small exactly right. yeah, but I think that with the, the fat goalie theory is one, you can look online to explore it, but yeah, never really, there's never been really anyone big enough in soccer to really make it. Well, so they use, they use about a, a hockey slightly larger than hockey size goal. So oh, it works out pretty pup, well for a me. Little pup goal. Yes. That's right. Exactly. So I, you know, um, it, 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 <laughs> I've decided to impress people. Um, you know how like, real goalies like dive for balls. I just literally just fall down and, and it seems to work pretty well so far. <laughs> I'm wondering about just when the, when that, when it comes to like Afghanis, different groups, do they, do they say, let's bring in, I know that Af- Afghanistan is really largely two people groups, two dominant people groups. Do they favor one? Do they say, well, this is, we're going to put this people group in Cleveland and this people group in Savannah, or do they uh, mix freely the Afghani people groups in terms of their destinations? Um, so that's a great question. Um, I, I'm not privy to all of the process when it comes to um, how they make the decisions. But what I can see is that it appears that the government makes a decision based on community. So um, again, because the, they only provide immediate needs um, they are looking the best way to set somebody up for long-term success is to have uh, support. And that usually does fall along people group lines in Savannah. Um, we are primarily seeing Pashtun people being resettled though. We do have um, other members from Afghan and in, in, including uh, Hazara and um Kurdy uh, uh, Afghans coming through. Um, as as larger communities are created, then I think that'll become more and more of a um, of a drawing portion of that algorithm, as it were. Um, what I will say, though, is that locally nobody has hit that critical mass for lack of a better term of, of community to say that this is the only one that's coming. Uh, I imagine that it'll be based more on need. So. Okay. It's interesting. Um, I, I just, I thank you for taking the time to, uh, to talk about, I know this is an issue or I guess we call it an issue. It's a, it's a development. It's a, yeah, it's a it, circumstance absolutely. or opportunity. This is really going to affect, it. it's going to affect people, us people, and our community yeah. for years. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's the, you know, this, this development that's, that's occurring. I guess I have two, two questions for you as we, 
we close it out, you've given the context of how someone can plug it, plug into Hope Hope Academy. But separate to that, just someone that says, I want to love on refugees in Savannah, what are some of the ways they can they can do that? And I guess the second kind of closeout question is, you know, what sort of cultural impact do you see thus far with the Afghanis? How do you, I mean, I've got you on the soccer pitch, but how do you see yeah. the Afghani culture sort of impacting things on the ground? At what kind of richness is it adding to our the fabric of our culture here in Savannah. So, so uh, I'll ask, I'll answer the the second question first. Um, we do have the very first uh, halal market in Savannah, Georgia, that opened up, um, and is out off of uh, Eisenhower Boulevard, and that is run by one of the uh, earlier arrival Afghan families. They were able to to um, have the funding to start an, a, a business. So we're going to see more and more. The, 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 yes, the right next King. to the King and I. Yeah, that's, that's where I go. I actually shop there. Actually, that's where to get the best, freshest pita bread. And oh man, and the goat. Just if you want them to butcher some goat, yeah, I saw yeah. somebody broke their they broke their door out. I guess yeah. six months ago, smashed yeah. their window. But I guess they've weathered that that storm. But yeah, it's great prices. It's ridiculous. Oh, no, I've got a Whole Foods and buy spices. No. And you don't first look at the halal market. You're insane because you Ser- can, seriously. You can save. It's like it's like ten cents on the dollar on the spices there. Absolutely, that's it's where to go. Definitely for definitely for the uh, the spices thing. Uh, I would I would strongly. My wife is just, upset when I buy these giant bags of spice because she doesn't know where we're going to put them. But it just that, kills me to spend more on a little McCormick bottle of spice than a pillow of spice I can get from the <laughs> pillow of spice. Brian, that is exactly correct. Um, you buy you buy it in bulk. Um, our friends are not shy with the spice usage. So that is not a, a long time. Um, so yeah, so that's part of the thing I, I would anticipate us hopefully, um, seeing Afghan, uh, restaurants soon. Um, and for anybody who has experienced Afghan, uh, Palau rice, I will tell you, you are missing out until you get that opportunity. And so hopefully we'll be seeing those, uh, coming around shortly. Um, and we did actually experience the very first, um, Pashtun wedding, Af- uh, Pashtun Afghan wedding in Savannah's history this past year. So, um, we are seeing that those, those hallmarks of community, um, starting to happen. Um, and now as far as how to help out, um, certainly reaching out to us is great. Certainly reach out to, um, Inspiritus. They need people, uh, desperately to, um, they're, you know, anybody who's interested in picking people up at the airport as they arrive, it's a, it's an amazing honor to welcome somebody to their new home and to be that face. Uh, they do need people that will, um, help with some of their enculturation training and, um, orientation, cultural orientation training. Um, they, they have a program called first friends where somebody actually connects with somebody for a certain amount of time to get them, uh, or, uh, set up. And I, I will, I cannot say enough at how wonderful those things work. The one thing though, that I would say, um, for people of faith, um, to pray for our friends, there is nothing more, um, effective in my mind, uh, in order to, in order to see somebody go from this space of, fear and terror and uncertainty. Um, when, when somebody prays 
that's when that transition really happens. They, they start to feel at home. Um, and it, the, the only other step above that is to tell somebody that you're praying for them. So tell them and do it. And, and the connection that you have, um, really, really makes a difference. I think you're muted there, Brian. Brian, you're muted. Yes. I was about to say, you're in the broadcast business, which I'm not. When my dog, my pug was making horrible snorting noises, and I was trying to mute those out. I got these little pug sounds. Um, but I, you know, I got to say, uh, you, you, you're very professional, unlike me, in your broadcast ways. And, uh, the quality shines through. If somebody wants to check out your own contributions to this uh this democratization of media that we have going on. How can they, how can they see more from you, Brian, in terms of uh, your show? So we do a couple things. Um, we do something called uh, real questions and uh, we answer specifically, this isn't related directly to our community. Um, it is related indirectly to our community, but um, I invite people on YouTube. It's called, uh, you can look us up under real questions, real questions with an a, it's not a, it's not a film show. It's not about correct. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And a, um, Real Questions uh, tries to address um, the basics of uh, what Christians believe. And I try to um, answer those questions from somebody who um, may either have misconceptions about what the Christian faith is or uh, lack of general knowledge about it. And so definitely take a look there. Um, we're going to be adding some things hopefully over the next uh, several months, um, including uh, more specific Bible studies. Um, we're going to do something called a discovery Bible study, literally walking through the entire Bible and showing people not only what the Bible says, but also how to lead those studies um, with the people uh, that have interest in it. And when it comes to our friends, I am hoping, and this would be a wonderful time for people to pray, I am hoping to be able to get folks on to um, uh, perhaps another uh, another platform to share their stories. Um, our friends are, well, they've all experienced trauma. Several of them have uh, experienced torture, and there is under trauma care um, one of the greatest things that can help people is to tell their story. So hopefully we'll be doing that uh, soon and uh, hopefully we'll have an opportunity to, uh, for people to share in that as well. Awesome, Brian. Well, all my best to you and Heather. We'll have to get Heather in here as well. If I have too many guys in a row in my interviews, you know, that's great. Heather is way better at this. Heather is so much better at this than I am. Um, yeah, she, she ran something called Heather, Miss Heather's story time for a while, reading children's stories, uh, for about a year prior. And, and I got, I got to do the technical end. So what you are hearing is, uh, my greatest comp contribution was, uh, watching endless YouTube videos to learn how to do this. So, <laughs> well, you, you've got a gift for children video too, with a, with a father, Joe, uh, little gospel play video. That's right. Like, I was able to Rogers. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, all the best, Brian. And thank, thank you, you for all you're doing. And, and a reminder to everybody out there, pray, take Brian up on that. Uh, don't please, underestimate 
prayer as something that we, as you know, you hate to use the word do as something we be as something we am. Let's, let's be a people of prayer and lift up these folks uh, in prayer and let them know that we are praying for them and that we do care about what they've gone through. So looking for that project on the, on the stories, I hope that comes through and to allow this community to share in, I guess that, that pain, but also in, in the connection, hopefully, as to who we're welcoming and the friends and what they've gone through. All right. Thank God you, Brian. Brian. All the best. Take care. You too.